We've been speaking about clear, concise events that will precede the return of Christ at the day of the Lord. And the Bible makes clear that day will not come unless the great apostasy gains momentum and a man of sin is revealed. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and I welcome you to the program today. The second coming of Jesus seemed to be a considerable issue with Thessalonican believers in the early church. And the Apostle Paul spent some three weeks there to bring clarity. Though the great Apostle's answers provided good explanations, it's not much different today as many in the church have different views on the timing of these events, whether they are of the past or future, which could begin at any time. Paul made clear at least two events must transpire before the Lord's return. Listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. In short, what Paul's saying here is that Jesus can't come now and the day of the Lord can't be imminent or present. And this prior necessary occurrence, this apostasy, this revelation of the Antichrist, is what is holding back or restrains the day of the Lord, that one massive event that closes this age and begins another. I want to take some time today to focus on the the first event Paul mentions, the falling away that must come first. Apostasy, as it's described in classical Greek, It's a time of deception and massive falling away from authentic, spirit-born faith in Christ Jesus. It is that. Many in the church who have embraced a, a marginal relationship with the Lord, painfully unaware of the prophetic scriptures in both the Old and New Testaments, refusing to walk in the Spirit outside the conventional categories of religion and cultural influence, they will be subject to deception in the latter days of this age. Paul says so in his letter to young Timothy. Timothy was pastoring a church in Ephesus, and he said these things to encourage him. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And then he uh, says this in his second letter to Timothy in chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Listen to verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And he warns Timothy, from such people, turn away. I guess that pretty much describes falling away. A bit of an insert here. We've examined the necessity for a restored sacrifice and a rebuilt temple after a very deceptive peace agreement 
is established with this man who will ultimately become the Antichrist, and he gives unprecedented recognition to Israel's holy covenant. Meanwhile, the church is coming into its greatest days. God's people are not going to go out in a Laodicean fizzle as they are compelled to cry out day and night in a prevailing global prayer movement, the kind of prayer that characterized Daniel's strong intercession in Daniel chapter 9 that brought angelic assistance to him in chapter 10. So the Holy Spirit is providing instructive timing indicators here that will alert the redeemed to the crisis ahead. Meanwhile, the great apostasy is gaining momentum. Let's look more closely at that word apostasy, or the great falling away. Apostasy has been described as a time of deception and massive falling away from authentic faith in Christ. However, the original word for apostasy in classical Greek literature meant a political revolt. From this, we understand the end-time apostasy is not just a time of sinfulness or backsliding in the church. It's a time of open defiance and warlike aggression against divine moral foundations. Well, we certainly see this growing rebellion in our day. Abortion, same-sex marriage, gender identity, political insurrection and chaos, and the list goes on. But I would suggest we have not seen anything yet. The days may soon come when Christians will be viewed as spiritual Neanderthals, marginalized, leading to persecution, imprisonment, and even worse. This interpretation is not new. It's not an isolated view. The NIV, RSV, the NEB, and the Phillips translations all render apostasy as a great rebellion while the Jerusalem Bible assigns a proper name to this era, the Great Revolt. So it's not simply backsliding. It's global rebellion against the laws of God. Remember our opening verse in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. The church needs to wrap its collective minds around the paradox that in in order for that which is very good to come, that which is very evil must come first, must be revealed, and must be fully exposed. As the late Art Katz said, he who is not willing to receive God in his severity cheapens his goodness. Now, you may need to meditate on that one for a while, but there's, there's great wisdom in that truth. We don't like to deal with God's wisdom and discipline and chastening. The Word of God is clear. God is good, and His mercy endures forever, but He can, has, and He will use some very bad people to accomplish His will in the earth. There are two great mysteries that began in the garden. The mystery of the two seeds spoken of after the fall in Genesis 3.15. While Adam and Eve looked on, God addressed Satan. And I will put enmity between you, Satan, and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He, Jesus, he shall bruise your head. Ultimately, that'll be fatal. And you shall bruise his heel. 
that bruise came at Calvary. The final outworking of the seed of Satan will be seen at the end of this age, when Satan is cast down from heaven, knowing he has only a short time left. And the Word of God says Jesus will not return until that mystery is fully revealed at the onset of the Great Tribulation in the middle of Daniel's 70th week. The seed of the Spirit is seen in the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, the first fruits of the mystery that purchased our redemption and eternal life fulfilled 2,000 years ago. Those two seeds are seen in the mystery of the gospel and in the mystery of iniquity. The Apostle Paul took note of those mysteries when he addressed the Corinthian believers. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Paul speaking, We speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Even Satan, had he known the glorious outcome of the cross, would have been smart enough not to crucify Jesus. There's been an ongoing war in the heavens since that confrontation in the garden so long ago, but that war is going to come to its fated, assured conclusion before the return of Jesus Christ. Let's look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. These are some very important scriptures for us to know. At that time, Michael shall stand up. Well, when's that time? When the birth pains at the end of this age give way to the intense labor contractions that begin the Great Tribulation. Now, let me start that verse over again. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble, Jacob's trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. Satan will be cast to the earth. And it's not just Daniel 12 where we see this future spiritual confrontation resulting in Satan's dismissal from the heavens. The Apostle John notes Satan's departure in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Let's continue with that from uh, verse 10 in Revelation chapter 12. Then, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they, the church, 
overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows he has a short time. So what has shifted here? Well, the accuser has relocated from the heavens to the earth. No longer does he have the ear of God to accuse us of an inherent unworthiness to be in the Father's kingdom. Can you imagine what that will be like for the church on the earth, free of accusation, united in prayer and travail, an emptying of the flesh, a filling of the Holy Spirit to become their intended voice to those running to and fro on the earth, prophetic knowledge dramatically increasing in salvation such as not seen since Pentecost. So we see there's a yet a fullness or filling up of sin and iniquity to be manifested on the earth. Hard to believe it can get any worse. As Paul told the Thessalonians, the day of the Lord, the, the second coming of Jesus, will not come until the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. And for that to occur, Satan must be removed from his place in the heavens. So that leads us to the question, just how does the Antichrist actually become the Antichrist? Now, for that, we're going to have to go to Revelation chapter 13. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now, seven heads, okay, well, what is that? Those are the composite historical empires on the earth that have always opposed God's people. Empires, going all the way back to Egypt, the Egyptian, the Assyrian, Babylonian, Medo-Persian, Greek, Roman. Now, wait a minute, that's only six. There's one yet to come. An Islamic empire that is yet to come. Now I'm going to read verse 2. The dragon, Satan, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. There was global compliance here. Verse 4, So they worshipped the dragon, Satan, who gave authority to the beast, the Antichrist, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who's like the beast? Who's able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. That's not a very long period of time. Three and a half years. 1,260 days. So what happened here? Revelation 12. Satan has been cast to the earth after the confrontation with Michael. The beast from the sea, the Antichrist, receives a deadly wound. So what happened? There's been an incarnation. Let me say that again. An incarnation has taken place. The charismatic man from the north received a deadly wound, was miraculously healed and resurrected, 
and now has become the full, unhindered manifestation of Satan himself in the earth. Listen to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, the coming of the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Just as the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus revealed the mystery of godliness, the death and resurrection of the man of sin will bring to conclusion the mystery of iniquity. Listen to what Paul told young Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. Incarnation number one. The death and resurrection of the man of sin will reveal the mystery of iniquity. Incarnation number two, a yet future event. 2 Thessalonians 2 again, verses 7 through 9. For the mystery of lawlessness, the mystery of iniquity, is already a work. Only he, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Both of these mysteries must be fulfilled before the return of Christ. Jesus fulfilled the first mystery at the cross, The mystery of iniquity will be fulfilled in the not-too-distant future when the incarnation of Antichrist takes place when Satan is cast to the earth. Well, we've said a lot here today, but we're really just scratching the surface of God-ordained events that will conclude this age and bring the blood-bought body of Christ into a glorified millennial rule and reign with Jesus on the earth. Oh, what a day. In our next episode, we're going to address one of those controversial passages again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Who or what is the restrainer? Just who or what is resisting the revelation of this coming man of sin? You'll want to be here for that one. Subscribe to the podcast and pass along the links to your friends. They'll want to hear this too. God bless you. I'm Bill Nordstrom.